3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, uh, you know, um, there's some really big stories and interesting stories. Elon Musk getting su- or he's suing Media Matters. That has that's a big story, and uh, this thing that's going on with Open AI, that's a big story, and uh, Microsoft is the benefactor, and their stock uh, went way up today as a result of it. So what happened was they got this guy named Alt, Ben Altman and this guy uh, Brockman to Microsoft. They, they poached. They literally, Microsoft poached the two top guys over at OpenAI. And now at OpenAI, there's a revolt and when I first read that story, I thought, wow, what's going on here? Is that is that all about censorship or algorithms or, you know, truth czars or liberal versus conservative algorithms, you know, that kind of thing? And it wasn't really to do—well, ultimately, I think it is to do with that because— just like the power of the browsers remember going back into like uh the late 90s early millennium millennium um they had a uh, they had this big war between netscape and microsoft ie internet explorer it was so fierce microsoft was wanted that landscape that what that they wanted that real estate so badly that what happened was they sued uh, or Netscape sued them, but they fought tooth and nail and they wanted it so badly that that real estate space because back in the day when you used to buy a computer, it came with Microsoft Windows and then when you would open up Windows, the first thing you would do is open up a browser. You needed a browser to get to somewhere even if it was that you wanted to download Netscape or Firefox or anybody else. You had to open up the browser for the first time. so you always <clears throat> they got a hundred percent of the market, Microsoft. So they got sued for they got sued basically saying they're making their browser the only browser, and you know they you need to get use their browser to get to the other browser to, if you want to get Chrome or Firefox or Netscape or whatever opera. So it was one of these things where you had to use their landscape and you had to see, you know, their post, their billboards and their signs and their promotions and their um, indoctrination and their grooming and their, you know, upsell. You had to see them first. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. They had the big lawsuit and Microsoft went so far, they valued that space so much. Now, they, ultimately, they lost a to Google and Chrome because they had an inferior product. But they wanted that real estate so much. that What did they do? They annihilated their operating system. They annihilated their operating system to where it wasn't nearly as secure by embedding the browser into the registry and making it impossible for the operating system to work without the browser. So they contorted the browser to be codependent or dependent upon the Internet Explorer um, ex- uh, browsing system and made the whole operating desktop operating experience more of a browser interface. That's really what that went down there. That real estate was so important And by real estate, I'm talking about what you see on that first page when you open that browser. Now they're doing it with, you know, Edge or um, if you have uh, Windows, you have these little things that pop up in your your notifications in your bottom right-hand corner that you don't want, and they pop up, and that's all part of it too. That's all part of the same tree of, uh, you know, completely evolved over 25 years. But yeah. So welcome to the world of artificial intelligence. Open AI is f- open. It's free. See, I just wrote an article over at AARP and uh, I encourage everybody to read this article. It's, it's geared toward the holidays. It's, it's a side gig that I do with AARP and if you go over there and read my article, it helps me because it says, hey, I have a lot of readers. And so what I'm trying to do, I know everybody thinks AARP is liberal, and they might be. Um, but for me, it's a good gig. It's a good writing gig. And so you're visiting my writings over at AARP helps me as your humble show host. So that's one thing. And frankly, uh I write these articles by myself. I have an editor. It does bring in a little income for me, which is great, and so it's helpful to me, but if you go and check it out, this one's pretty good, and this is probably one of my better articles, and if you Google Scott Adams Show, or or no, just Google, not Scott Adams Show, Scott Adams, AARP, AI for the holidays, okay? just do that. AI for the holidays, Scott Adams, AARP. Google it in any way and I'll be the first thing that pops up. You can read that article and if you can, leave a friendly comment at the bottom if you're an AARP member and you leave a comment at the bottom of that thing, that even helps me more because that makes me look. And popular right so then then they'll hire me more and so that's all good they they want traffic just as much as anybody else does right so by doing that helps me all right so but it is a good article and i'm really fascinated by the subject of artificial intelligence in, in more ways than you can imagine uh, i think it's actually scary You know, it's very, very scary if you get involved with the world of politics and total uh, tyranny and control and what the globalists want to do and climate, climate initiatives and censorship and all kinds of things. That's really what lies at the heart of the media matters. And I played a clip yesterday from this World Economic Forum European Union globalist who she said, we have the rules. And we will sanction Elon Musk if he allows content of any stripe. And so, you know, what is content of any stripe? I mean, one man's truth is another man's fiction. One man's revolutionary is another man's terrorist. So this whole thing about a truth czar is ridiculous on its face when you put it in front of the First Amendment. It it dies right there. And... You know, it used to be that in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, you know, I watched, you know, um, Dick Cavett, the Dick Cavett show, or, you know, all these different shows where you'd have these different opinions. They're sitting down right by each other having this debate. They could even touch the other person's knee or shoulder and say, but listen to me. And they would have these engaged debates. And it was great. People learn from these debates. We got to get back to that. We can't just be chasing ballots every election. We can't just have ballot harvesters and, and fake ballots and dead people voting and uh, electronic machines that are have algorithms that are fractional. Since when does one vote become one point something else votes? Why do they need a fractional system if it's one man, one vote? Huh? But they do. They have these algorithms that somehow the guy has 47.2 votes. <laughs> you know, I don't know, how that, I don't know how that is. He had 42.7 votes. So it doesn't make any sense. But this open AI thing, so this um, is a big deal. But if you want to find out more about what I'm doing and how I prepare my show, Visit me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show. That's Twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show. Or just go to twitter.com or x.com dot com and search Scott Adams Show. And you'll find me. And that's great. And you could follow me and uh you keep up to date with the things I'm posting, what I'm going to be talking about on the next show, tomorrow's show, or whatever show. But also um, those are that, that artificial intelligence. So, um, I, I saw this pop up yesterday and, uh, it was this sky writes. So the sky writes this, he writes in open AI's crisis, who see sees opportunity. He hopes to hire a few departing employees though he suspects many will follow Altman and Brockman to Microsoft. I think that OpenAI is untenable right now. You've got 700 or so employees. I heard it was 770 employees and 700 are defecting to go to Microsoft. Then I heard another number that it's like 700 employees and 500 are going to go to Microsoft. So the numbers are a little bit liquid right now, but they're going to walk. It's pretty much, it pretty much brings OpenAI to level zero. Likely GBT4 and those APIs will go down. So here's the deal. If you were to go to like open uh, chat, uh, like if you were to go to, um, here's the URL for for, uh, chat GBT. It is chat.openai.com. Chat openai.com Now, you can get an app that uses ChatGBT as well. And you can plug in anything. You can say, you know, to your love, um, with a British accent, uh, send my love a uh, lovely, friendly Christmas card uh, or Thanksgiving greeting for, uh, in 25 words or less. And it'll sound like Shakespeare or something like that, right? So it's kind of cool it's fun. I think that where chat uh AI shines is through these nice nice things, these these pleasantries, these humanitarian things. But as soon as you get into the world of politics, it's going to be, you know, ChatGPT will ChatGPT will be the arbiter of truth. That's what concerns me. Chat uh GPT 3.5 expired as of like September, 2021. So one thing is true is if you were to search for like something that happened in 2023 on chat, the free version, which is 3.5, it won't know what happened because it's, it's dead. It, it doesn't exist beyond September, 2021. Anything before that. And it kind of knows. So then they have chat, GBT four Chat GBT5. Google now has, every time you do a search engine, you can generate an AI response. Uh, Apple's getting into the, the thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very competitive and very fast-moving thing. College students are using uh, AI for, to help them with their studies. I mean, it's, it's sort of like the same battle, the ethical battles that we faced with calculators back in the day. And I write about all this, and I write about uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, Deber- Deber- and uh, I also write about like movies like Roxanne, uh, where you get the guy with the long nose—that's the Cyrano effect—and then there's the hunk, and he gets Daryl Hannah, you know, in the movie Roxanne. And so there's there's a situation where you got someone whispering in your ear, just like you could ask AI to give you the words to say what you mean. To the one you love right so it's sort of like tell me what to say and i'll say it so that's kind of interesting the only trouble is when you get into foreign policy and stuff like that it gets scary and that's what we're faced up against censorship and and propaganda and tyranny and global domination and things like that so we have to be very careful But what I said in response to this uh, open AI crisis is this is just one way that Microsoft can acquire open AI for a fraction of its value. Now Microsoft can position themselves as the arbiter of truth, which is a little scary when you look at Microsoft's track record. Again, what they did to Netscape back 25 years ago and 20 years ago. And what Bill Gates is about, buying up all kinds of farmland. Yeah, we have an audio clip about that, too, today. So Bill Gates with the vaccines, right? So the heart of Microsoft is still really Bill Gates. He stepped aside because he knew he was going to be meddling in vaccines and pandemics, And he knew that that would drive the stock of Microsoft down and that it would open and expose Microsoft to all kinds of lawsuits. So he stepped aside before this all happened. The timing is almost like a blueprint to how you protect your cash cow and your value and your net worth. And it worked because Microsoft's stock is up today in part because they just acquired OpenAI for a fraction of its value. By poaching the top two leaders and 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 grooming all of those disciples to go with them, they basically took open AI and said, we're going to give it a new label. It's going to be Microsoft AI or Bing, Bing AI to compete with Google AI. And we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, Bing is their search engine, Microsoft search engine. And we're going to embedded in, in Outlook and, and in in the office suite, and, and uh, we're gonna, it's going to be gangbusters, right? So that's what's happening. It's going to be embedded in your operating system. Windows 11 will be Windows 12 one day, and you'll have AI all over the place. So Microsoft is poised and ready. It actually, it's probably going to be a good stock to buy, if you think about it. Because AI is the future. Just look at NVIDIA. Their stock prices are going through the roof right now, NVIDIA. And NVIDIA is the power source behind AI. They are the chip manufacturer. They, they they, made their chops with graphic cards. Yes, GeForce, all that. But they really are blowing the lid off of AI. So AI is here to stay for sure. Check out Scott Adams, AI for the Holidays, a-A-R-P. Search for that. Leave a comment if you can. And if I see a comment pop up there, I guarantee you I'll, I'll write you back. All right? So uh, I'll make you a deal there. And follow me on Twitter at Scott Adams Show. So there's more news to talk about. Isn't it ironic? Makes me think of Alana Morissette, right? Isn't it ironic, don't you think? Corrupt racist Fulton County D.A. Fannie Willis demands Trump trial on August 5th, 2024, as voters head to the polls in the 2024 election for a 2020 2020 bogus election interference case. Judge Scott McAfee will soon make his decision. So here it is. She's going after Trump for election interference for questioning the rigged election, which everybody knows was rigged. And they're coming up with new evidence every single day in Georgia alone with these electric uh, electronic machines. And she's meddling. She's setting a trial date for August 5th. She's requesting, begging the judge to approve the trial date of August 5th, 2024. So while they have early voting, And people are going to vote for Donald Trump. They want him in court being blasted by some racist D.A. from Fulton County who hates Trump and just starts bad mouthing him, he and his family, him and his family, just like Letitia James, Letitia James, Fannie Willis, you see. They're just a bunch of racists, angry women, who hate Trump. But more importantly, they're paid by George Soros to do this crap. They hate America. Like Black Lives Matter hates America. Like Antifa hates America, they hate America. Why do Democrats hate America so much? Why do they support Palestine and Hamas? I shouldn't say, why do they support Palestine? I should Or Palestinians. I should say, why do they support the terrorist group Hamas? Can anybody riddle me that, Batman? It's nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. So, we have this Media Matters deal. And I want to get to uh, a couple of clips on this. Frankly, you know... I actually don't really fully understand this story. Well, I do, I do, but I, I thought that um, I mean, Media Matters was basically trying to destroy Twitter's advertising base, and they were doing it in such an underhanded way by um, taking snapshots and and pushing like through a coercion and extortion. Fortune 500 companies to de-platform from Twitter, costing Twitter an arm and a leg. Well, Elon Musk is not to be messed with. And he said, I'm going to go nuclear. I'm going to drop a nuclear lawsuit on media matters. And when you think about it, in the 2020 election, we had a rigged system where they were burying Hunter Biden's story. They were talking, um, they manufactured Stormy uh, Daniels and, and hijacked Michael Cohen with money payoffs. And, uh, and they had the Russian hoax in 2016. And the FBI, you know, had been going after all of the political opponents, going after parents, going after Christians, you know, the two standards of justice. Bill Barr wouldn't investigate voter fraud. We've learned all of this stuff. We learned that January sixth was a hoax, right? All the video that's coming out, all these under under uh, embedded and undercover cops. We now know from seeing the footage, it's unbelievable. How about that Lieutenant R- Bird, Richard Bird, uh, that um, shot uh, Ashley Babbitt? Didn't even get an interview, not so much as an interview forget about an investigation forget about a trial forget about a jury of the peers weighing in on that uh, crime and yet you got that guy chauvin rotting in jail for the rest of his life in minneapolis because of george floyd and george floyd's own autopsy they found out said That he had no wounds, injuries on his body that could cause death. That it was the drugs that did him in. How do you like them apples? So, I don't know, man. We got a lot of stuff going on in this country that are just absolutely outrageous. All right. So, we are going to get to this story here. Um... I think I was going to start off with this Jesse Waters uh, bit. It was pretty good. And um, I'm trying to actually get it, but yeah, I think I lost it. So I'll play this, uh, this other one instead. This is about Elon Musk's lawsuit. Let's take a listen. Whoops. So many mistakes. I make mistakes too. All right, here we go.
4: Here's the first story from the New York Post: Elon Musk's X follows through with thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters. Messaging platform uh, X on Monday sued Media Matters watchdog group, uh, sued Media Watchdog group Media Matters, alleging the organization defamed the platform after it published a report that ads for major brands had appeared next to uh, next to posts touting Nazism. Now here's where it gets uh, uh, really fascinating. I'll tell you, I'll break it down for you very simply. What Elon Musk is saying as well as several employees publicly stating this, what Media Matters for America did, to understand what Media Matters is, there is a series of Democrat and government-aligned groups that engage in lawfare and cancel culture to destroy people who believe in liberty, among uh, one thing, and those who are conservative. And so what they're saying, they're alleging, what Media Matters did, and this is really fascinating, Media Matters created new accounts or accessed accounts that had been around for just 30 days to bypass certain restrictions. They then intentionally followed a, a handful of Nazi accounts and a handful of advertiser accounts to f- to create a timeline where their posts existed next to each other. That's pretty amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So if you choose, if I choose to follow Phil and choose to follow Danny and then I get a post from Phil and a post from Danny, I go, oh. Why, why is this post from this offensive comedian appearing next to my wholesome heavy metal music? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, well, it's going to be like, because you chose for yeah, it to, for because sure. you wanted it This is to. a
5: free speech platform. We're, we're allowing, the point is we're allowing you to do that. I so mean,
4: we, uh, we have the document. Oh, here. you got it. Yeah, so the document is up. We have it right here. United States District Court for the Northern District of Texas, Fort Worth Division, X Corp and Nevada Corporation versus Media Matters for America. They say defendant Media Matters for America is a self proclaimed media watchdog that decided it would not let the truth get in the way of a story it wanted to publish about X Corp. Looking to portray X's social networking platform as being dominated by white nationalists and anti Semitic conspiracy theories, Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured side by side images depicting advertisers' posts on X Corp social media platforms besides neo Nazi and white nationalist fringe content and then portrayed these manufactured Images as if they were typical, uh, as if they were what typical X users experience on the platform. Media Matters designed both these images and its resulting media strategy to drive advertisers from the platform and destroy X Corp. And as of right now, this is a big deal. We got Apple, IBM, Lionsgate, Disney, Comcast, NBCU, Paramount, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and other firms have paused their marketing. This is a massive hit to X's revenue based on lies. They're going to say plaintiff, X Corp operates the Xos media platform with over 500 million active monthly users, facilitates free expression, open discourse, et cetera, et cetera. We get it. We get it. So now we're hearing, I think it's the AG out of Missouri, is investigating fraud because it's both civil and criminal fraud at this point. And I got to be honest, I think any reasonable person who looks at what Media Matters does will conclude (coughs) it is, it is a, it is a, it's fraud.
3: Yeah. So here, are you getting this folks? So so basically, it's like this. You know how like when you search for like a hedge trimmers, okay, anything, right? Say you were searching for, um, you know, stand mixers for your kitchen or uh, hedge trimmers for your, your hedges, right? And you start talking about it in front of, uh, you know, the Amazon gizmos or the smart speakers or or you start searching for them. Next thing you know, you start seeing ads pop up for head trimmers or all of a sudden, you know, you're you're, you're getting all these free stand, uh, stand, stand mixers or something like that, right? I mean, whatever product it is, you're searching for slippers and all of a sudden you start seeing ads for slippers all over the place. Algorithm, right? Simple, real simple. Happens with Google all the time, all the time. Next thing you know, you go to Amazon and it's popping up there and you're like, oh, how convenient. That's great. They know what I'm thinking. They know what I'm doing. All right, cookies, right? Cookies, session IDs, all kinds of stuff, right? So we get it. We know how that works. Well, it works the same way on Twitter. So say, for example, you get like a, uh, a gun lobby that's spending a lot of money you know, promoting um, anti-gun legislation, okay? Like a liberal gun lobby that's basically saying ban all guns. Ban, 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 ban guns. Next thing you know, the ad for, like, a Smith & Wesson ad or how guns save lives a uh, uh, story or, you know... Um, Guns are great stories, right? Or Second Amendment is is the most important amendment of all amendments in the world. Um, we Twitter stands with the Second Amendment, you know that kind of stuff. So then, what what happened is you would never see a anti gun lobby if you're a gun aficionado, right? You would never do that. You would never see someone trying to ban guns if you're searching Twitter for pro-gun stories. I mean, in, in one sense, Google was doing stuff like that to gaslight Americans. You'd search for, I need a photo of a black family with a black child. And you would see the, the, the Google search results would be all white, blonde hair, blue-eyed, white families that looked like they were just right out of the suburbs. And you're looking for a black urban family with children. And they would do that. And that was documented. And I think that everybody caught on to that and started calling Google out on that. It was gaslighting. Up is down, left is right, black is white. You know, and uh, that's what they're doing, you know, also with children. Like, for example, I saw this um, uh, video on social media yesterday and they had a young kid and they put $10,000 cash in front of them and they put five Oreo cookies in front of them and they said which one would you rather have the cash or the cookies and the kid went for the cookies almost every time right and not you know not realizing perhaps that to, you know you could buy a lot of cookies with the money right not making that connection yet so they're asked, um, and so they're basically trying to sell the idea that a kid that young should not be making decisions on gender dysphoria, right? I mean, that makes sense. Or puberty blockers, or whatever. And the same holds true with um, tattoos. Like it was the same, same kind of joke, gotcha joke. Uh, do you think a twelve-year-old should um, have a permanent tattoo? Be able to make decisions on permanent tattoos? No. No, no, no! Everybody said no, and then they said, "Should it for puberty blockers?" What do you think? And they all said yes. The liberals. So, no for one, yes for the other. It doesn't make any sense, right? I saw this child molester. You know, child molesters are horrible, horrible, horrible people. This guy got seven hundred years though for um, sixteen counts of child molestation. Terrible, right? Awful. 700 years. It must have been something like 35 years a count or something like that. I don't know. I didn't really read the story. But what I thought about was then you get these liberal doctors that want to cut off the breasts of a teenager because they have gender dysphoria. And I'm like, what's the difference? Shouldn't that person also get 20, 35 years to life for doing that? But they're a doctor. They're getting paid for it. It's legal it's so stupid the world we're living in doesn't make any sense you know but um so these algorithms are kicked in so what they would do media matters is they would get the anti-gun lobby ad and then you know and they would put it in place overlay it with the, with the ad that was really there and then they would show the uh like like um you know, they would show the corporation that's uh the, the, the organization that's or advertising big dollars and then they would show what Twitter's promoting and it would run counter to what they were selling. And uh that's that was causing a lot of advertisers to to, to flee. You know. So that that's kind of an interesting um thing. Here was Jesse Waters uh on this.
5: The second Elon Musk bought Twitter, the Democrats realized the next election couldn't be rigged. The FBI wouldn't be able to censor speech to help Biden win. Musk had to be taken out. This was a job for Media Matters. The left wing media watchdog group put the hit out on Friday. Corporate ads on Twitter are running right next to Nazi content, Media Matters claimed. They put out screenshots of white supremacist videos next to ads for IBM, Apple, Oracle, Xfinity, Bravo, many others. These are Fortune 500 companies, many of them, and they panicked. IBM suspended advertising on Twitter. So did Apple, Disney, Comcast, Paramount. All those companies pulled ads. Media Matters then did a victory dance.
4: The platform is so saturated with extremism, with white genocide, with anti-Semitism, with racism, with conspiracy theories, things that otherwise should be managed in some way, that they can't actually protect the few brands that are still willing to remain on the platform. But according to Musk, Media Matters made the
5: story up. They created fake accounts, and these fake accounts followed Nazis then the fake accounts kept refreshing their pages until ads popped up. And then they took photos and claimed it was all organic. This is like paying people to dress up as Nazis. It was actually
3: worse than that. They were photoshopping ads into place. It was worse than what Jesse just said there.
5: Nazis sending them to a company headquarters, taking pictures of them at company headquarters, and then saying, oh, you know, your company loves Nazis. Elon Musk caught them red-handed and is now hitting them with what he described as a thermonuclear lawsuit to counter the, quote, fraudulent attack. Now, if Musk wins this lawsuit and bankrupts media matters, it would constitute an enormous victory for free speech and the conservative media. Primetime doesn't like when people lose their jobs, but in this case, we'll make an exception. Michael Schellenberger joins me now. So how fraudulent was this boycott attempt by Media Matters?
0: Hey, Jesse, good to be with you. I mean, it sounds shocking. It sounds like if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, that you are being served up neo-Nazi content and that um, it's all being tied together with these big brands. Well, as you pointed out, this is they created fake accounts to follow neo-Nazis. And then they say that they got those ads served. Well, we did the same thing as any journalist should have done. As soon as they heard about this, we created fake (laughs) accounts. We followed the exact same pro-Nazi accounts that Media Matters named. And we couldn't get any ads. We refreshed (laughs) constantly. We went into the actual content itself. We then went and followed three times more pro-Nazi accounts. Same thing. We couldn't get any ads served up to us. So first of all, we were not able to replicate Media Matters. We asked Media Matters to respond to explain how they gamed the system to be shown the ads after having already followed neo, uh, pro-Nazi content. We didn't hear back from them. I think that tells you that what's going on here. Uh, there's more, to, the, more than meets the eye. I would say.
3: So, so we so, know so, how wealthy. So, so that is the uh, trick, right? That was the trick there. So. Uh, um the trick is that they were photoshopping it because the media the journalist couldn't reproduce it hmm that's different so and they're going to lose media matters going to lose so they lost the mainstream media the liberals have lost the mainstream media they've lost me, me, uh, media matters if joe manchin were to enter the race it would be absolute game over for um <laughs> It would be total game over for the left. They wouldn't have an algorithm on the planet that could beat Trump, um, you know, because they're going to have to cheat, you know, that. And then you're seeing these trends like Javier Millet uh, in Argentina, the Trump of the Argentina won, the populace won, right? So you're starting to see people wake up around the world to the uh, the tyranny of globalism. That's the key to me. That is the key. So breaking the judge that will be hearing Elon Musk's bombshell lawsuit against Media Matters was appointed by Donald Trump. Judge Mark Pittman is the same judge that ordered the FDA to release the Pfizer files. Media Matters is in serious, serious trouble. How great is that? I love it. All right, we're going to continue. Um... Because we have places to go and things to see and things to do, or I don't know how that goes. But uh, hey, guys, Media Matters and a completely is completely effed. Just read this Elon Musk lawsuit. So he's he's going to get them. They're probably going to go bankrupt at this point. It's interesting to note that David Brock, the founder of Media Matters, is directly tied to the lawyers for Ray Epps. Hmm. Flashback. Speaking of the J6 uh, lawyers for Ray Epps. Cop who killed Ashley Babbitt, Richard Byrd, uh, Lieutenant Bird, they call him, uh, was cleared of criminal wrongdoing without an interview. Babbitt's attorney said additional eyewitnesses he's interviewed say Lieutenant Byrd never gave her verbal commands to stop before firing as he told NBC. To me, that's a big one. Hey, stop or I'll shoot. Hold your hands up. Drop your bag. Freeze. Right? None of that happened. Okay, y'all. It says, okay, y'all, another outstanding job by Laura Logan. Now, this was actually pretty good. Everyone's been pretty PO'd about special treatment Ray Epps has received, right? We all pretty much know he was in bed with the feds, right? Did you know that there's a video of more people that were involved that also? So check this out. It's a guy with a SIG uh, army-issued gun, pistol uh, that they spotted,
2: and a earpiece. Let's take a listen. This man was identified as Luke Philip Robinson Luke, by the far left. Luke Philip Robinson. site Sedition Hunters who've been relentless in pursuing January 6 suspects. He was photographed with an earpiece and dubbed hashtag ginger gun because he was caught on camera carrying a weapon, his pistol exposed when his shirt got stuck on the back of the grip. That made him one of the few supposed protesters who came armed to the Capitol, which after 9-11 was designated a counter-terrorism zone and has a higher level of security by law yet like ray epps robinson was removed from the fbi suspects list and has remained a free man we traced him through public documents to a business that started in tennessee and is now based in arizona that's where he was in this footage from the jfk report when confronted by another january 6th defendant Makaysia sure. Jackson.
5: Uh, you had an earpiece and a uh, firearm, man. Right? That's that's a fu- you had a firearm on federal property. That's serious
4: stuff.
2: He appeared charged, uncomfortable and, and did not answer What's any of his questions. Right,
4: yes. What's with the earpiece at the Capitol? Where, who were you talking to? See you
3: guys
2: later. According to at least eight ballistic experts and arms dealers we consulted, the gun he was carrying appeared, from what was visible, to be a Sig 320. And either the M seventeen or M eighteen model on their website, SIG said it was specifically built for the U.S. military. We reached out to the DOJ and the FBI for comments, but we're still waiting for a response.
3: Wow! And they're you know they still have lots more like forty four thousand hours of yes, you know, they're going to get a lot more on these dirt bags. So rightfully so, Senator Mike Lee. Calls for an investigation of January 6th committee. This is necessary. Senator Mike Lee calls for investigation of the investigators. Investigation of January 6th committee after release of January 6th tapes. Wow. How great is that? Right? So check this out. Voting group founded by uh, Stacey Abrams, once led by that Warnock wife-beater, right, that uh, is somehow a senator, faces financial scrutiny. The New New Georgia Project, which helped turn Georgia into a swing state, confronts allegations of mismanagement, undocumented spending, you know, basically doing what Black Lives Matter did. And speaking of Black Lives Matter, here is a Black Lives Matter member defecting from, by, from being a lefty and supporting Donald Trump. Check this out. You, uh, uh,
5: BLM leader, and you're now endorsing Donald Trump, saying he's the best candidate we have. Why do you think he is the best candidate that we have?
1: Because everybody else sucks.
5: <laughs> so is he just the best of a bad group? I mean, is he still, is he not that no, great he likes either, him. but he's just like better he than the rest? He actually likes him.
1: Well, you know, I like Trump, <laughs> you know, um, personally. He's afraid to say it, though. I think right now... Who we have sitting in the Oval Office is just a deep disappointment. You know, I deeply um, have disdain for him, and 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 I, I really dislike the Vice President as well.
5: What what is it that <clears throat> why how why do you not like them versus like Donald Trump? I would well, imagine because- you're you're alone in this. Do you feel alone? In this viewpoint, in the world that you're in, being in the BLM movement,
1: no, I feel like no. the tide is starting. To I feel like really? a lot of black people are starting to pivot off of that Democratic plantation. For so long, uh, we've been slaves to that uh, party. You know, actually, we've been mental slaves, uh, afraid to get off of that plantation because, uh, you know, we've been used and abused for so long. At that party, they don't value our vote. Uh, their policies are basically. Um, racist policies and i believe it's a racist party that strikes at the heart of the, the black family and the nuclear family in general and i believe donald trump is he's the opposite he's he's going to tell you how, how it is he's going to give it to you straight he's not going to um you know uh be a hypocrite and and you know stab you in the back like the democratic party loves to do
3: wow you need more more of that going on right that would be great I listened to this, and I had to share it with you. This is going to uh, be—this is just gangbusters. This really sums up a lot. Um, And this is uh, Wyoming Congresswoman Harriet Hageman shreds John Durham over his report on the Russian hoax. Now, this is not brand new, but this is something that you all need to hear. It's truly great. So let's take a listen.
6: Mr. Durham, in reviewing your report, I sincerely wanted to understand the work that you did and decipher the various investigations that we have been discussing. The origins, the history, the backstory, the who's, the why's, the what's, the what if's, and the how. I desperately wanted to figure out what happened to what was once our flagship law enforcement agencies, the FBI and the DOJ, to determine what went wrong and to evaluate how we can go forward from here. I have listened with great interest, hoping to find some answers to the burning questions of the day. And I have reached a few conclusions that I do not believe are subject to dispute or debate. Now, I truly appreciate your regard for the agency you have dedicated your career to. I am sure that as your investigation progressed, you must have been truly saddened by what you found. What you have exposed, however, is that we are dealing with something so corrupt and so rotten that no amount of face paint, deflection, or whitewashing can fix this. You have been asked lots of questions about predicates, protocols, the steel dossier, the Australian connection, Mr. Papadopoulos, Mr. Carter, the FISA court, and Crossfire Hurricane, among others. Your responses have been enlightening. But well, let's get to the brass tacks. None of those people or documents or reports were relevant to the FBI when it identified Donald Trump as public enemy number one. What do I mean? The accuracy and veracity of the Steele dossier was irrelevant to the FBI. The accuracy and veracity of the reports coming from the Australian Embassy were irrelevant to the FBI. The fact that the Russian experts in the CIA, FBI, NSA and other agencies had no evidence of any kind of relationship between Mr. Trump and Putin or Russia was irrelevant to the FBI. And the fact that there was no verifiable evidence, such as testimony, documents, videos, or recordings of Russian collusion, was irrelevant to the FBI. Nothing, and I repeat, nothing that the FBI did was designed to show that Donald J. Trump was a Russian asset. That wasn't the purpose of the entire charade. How do I know this is true? Because they told us so. The very people who cooked this up and the ones who ran this entire opera- operation. Struck, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, Klein-Smith, Steele, the DNC, Perkins-Koy. It was never their purpose to prove Russian collusion. And in fact, from the very beginning, they knew that no such thing actually existed. They knew that the entire Russian collusion narrative was fabricated by the Clinton campaign to deflect attention from her mishandling of classified materials and destruction of official emails. But they didn't need to prove Russian collusion. They just had to keep the investigation alive. And so long as they had a complicit press, and so long as they had people in this very body, who has been here, one of the gentlemen who has been here much of the day, who would go on TV every night and lie about the smoking gun, they could further their personal and political agendas. But oh, no, the purpose of Crossfire Hurricane wasn't to prove Russian inclusion, it was to destroy John, Donald J. Trump. And they told us that with the text messages that are set forth on page forty nine and fifty one of your report, forty nine and fifty of your report. And then if they failed at blocking Mr. Trump from being elected as President, well they had a backup plan. They had their insurance policy to use Strzok's terminology, which was to make it impossible for him to govern to use whatever tools were available to taint his presidency, the legitimacy of his election, his ability to work with foreign leaders, and to make everything about Russia, Russia, Russia. And how has this corruption and rot manifested itself in our everyday lives, in our national culture, in our ability to solve the problems we are facing? It has destroyed some of the key foundations of this country. A foundation built on equal protection, on the belief that justice is blind, on the belief that you will be held accountable if you commit a fraud of the magnitude of what we have been discussing here today, on the belief that due process, justice, and constitutional rights are more than mere words. It has left a smoldering, hot, volcanic mess where the soul of this country used to be. All because a few people in the FBI decided they wanted to destroy a political candidate and ultimately a president and anyone associated with him. While these folks set out to destroy a presidential candidate and later a presidency, the fact is that they destroyed so much more, and that will be their ultimate legacy. One casualty is America's faith in our institution, and another casualty is the erosion of a justice system that is supposed to apply equally to all Americans, but that has been weaponized to protect the favored few elites, the Clintons, the Bidens, while targeting political enemies. That is the current legacy of the FBI and DOJ. Mr. Durham, here's my question. How long do you think that this country will Mr. survive? Mr.
3: Chairman, the uh, time has expired. You can't ask a question.
6: A two-tiered justice system that seeks to persecute people based on their political beliefs.
3: Witness may respond. Generally, his time has expired. I, I don't, do I respond? Sure. I don't think that um, things can go uh, too much further with the view that uh, law enforcement, particularly the FBI or the Department of Justice, runs a two-tiered system of justice, um, the nation can't stand under, uh, under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well said. Wow. That, that, to me, was so perfectly done and powerful that I had to play it for you. You know, and it did impact President Trump's first presidency. He should get a do-over. He should get three terms. The thing is, is that, uh, you know, when General Flynn got pinched in the very first months he was a cabinet member. And so if President Trump were to get involved, President Trump wanted to unveil a whole bunch of, of documents that alluded to fraud in Ukraine, with Russia, in the Middle East, with the Jim McCains and the Grahams, Lindsey Graham and, and elsewhere. All this money laundering and corruption were going to be on full display. And then next thing you know, The FBI gets their paws on Flynn. Flynn gets ousted. And then all of a sudden, Flynn decides to hire Eric, um, Er, uh, the the attorney general, Eric Holder. His law firm, Covington & Burling, became Flynn's attorneys, which was odd to me. And then that trial that should have lasted six months (laughs) lasted three and a half years. Then you get the flipper, Sydney Powell, who just flipped and pleaded in Georgia. Well, she was his attorney. And she wrote a book, "Licensed to Lie, where she praised the judge that just so happened to be overseeing the Flynn case with her as the attorney, Emmett Sullivan. And all of a sudden, you know, they're doing this thing, you know, like where they're just stonewalling. So that if Trump were to release documents, not only would it be would he be hit with obstruction of justice, but as soon as he fired Comey to get rid of the problem, it took them less than forty eight hours to uh, establish a, a special counsel. And uh, usually the president does that. And next thing you know, you got Rod Rosenstein in charge, and you got, uh, uh, you know. Um, The uh, Mueller, Bob Mueller special counsel, we all know what a fraud Bob Mueller was with the Whitey Bulger scenario up in uh, Boston. So, you know, this was all a bunch of corruption going on to prevent Trump from exposing the truths, because if he did, they would use the Flynn case to say that Trump was obstructing justice. And every time Trump even tried to do it, they did. They hit him with that charge. So this was all a fix. In any case, we are living in a very, very complicated world with a very corrupt government, and we're dealing with it as best we can. Well, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Make a donation if you can. To help keep The Scott Adams Show commercial-free, use Red State. Over at, as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, buddy.